It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I am in the home studio, and we're efforting Emery Hunt, owner of Football Game Plan, also from CBS Sports HQ, talk a little NFL draft to some folks that he may have seen at the Senior Bowl and some guys that are, you know, guys that should be on our radar for the upcoming draft. But we did throw the question out there, if you could add two veterans to this Raiders roster from outside of the building by way of free agency or by way of trade, who would it be and why? Text for the 908, Aaron Rodgers and Major Payne. That's from Mark in Jersey, uh, and he's talking about Jerron Payne from the Washington Commanders, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, also got a text back from Raider Javi talking about Justin Fields. Fields would be like going back to 2014. Lots of promise, but lots of unknowns. Car worked out, but I don't know about Fields. That's Raider Javi, and that's the big question when it comes to Justin Fields. You don't know, right? I mean, the Chicago Bears don't have a whole lot of talent, but you saw some some – some sparks from him. I mean, the guy ran for over 1,100 yards in 2022, so he was able to get it done with his legs. How much can he get done with his arm? Can he be that franchise quarterback that could put a team on his shoulder and be that dynamic guy? Can he improve like what we saw from Jalen Hurts when he came into the league to where he is right now? Can he be that guy? Will he improve as much as Jalen did, or will he just kind of stay status quo where he's at? That's one of the big questions that we all have, and we don't know, and that's probably the same questions that Chicago has, but you know, with Champ Kelly being in the Raiders front office, uh, whenever some, something involving Chicago has to, you know, comes up, it's, it's kind of worth taking a look at just because Champ Kelly has that familiarity with the Chicago Bears. Uh, also, we got multiple texts. Uh, how about this one from the 925? Rather have um, tackle Caleb McGrary from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, the 913. What up, Q and DeMond? Little J and KC. Give me defensive tackle Draymond Jones and uh, linebacker David Long. Hella, uh, hella hype for free agency and Ziggler and Champ. We trust. Just win, baby. Go Raiders. That's from Little J in KC. Thank you for that text. We do appreciate you. Now joining us on the phone lines is our good friend Emery Hunt, owner of the football game plan and also from CBS Sports HQ. And Emery, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And we had the Shrine Bowl here in Vegas. Uh, you were at the Senior Bowl there in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, how big is that for prospects trying to make a name for themselves and, and kind of get familiar with some of these NFL coaching staffs as they prepare to make that trip to the next level? It's pretty big for these guys because it's a great opportunity for them to meet them face to face in a in an actual football setting. Because we know at the combine is more, you know, interview style type meetings as opposed to hey, I need you to run this route at seven, break it off at at five type of a deal. So it's big for that. It's also big for those guys to see them up close. You know how they work, how they run, how they move, their body types, all of those that don't necessarily show up per se, on, on film, that's why it's so important for guys to be there because also it's a part of the process where you may get the coaches getting involved as opposed to scouts. And once coaches get involved, it changes maybe the, the, you know, the, the view of certain guys. So you want to bring your best foot, uh, put your best foot forward, so to speak. When you're paying attention to the combine or when you're at the combine, what is it that you're focusing on? We always call it the underwear Olympics, but what, what do you focus in on when it comes to the combine? At the combine, nothing at all, man, to be honest. It, you know, <laughs> it's a workout. But I, I like to hear these guys uh, answer some questions. So I'm always asking questions and try to figure out, you know, what guys, uh, what makes them tick? You know, what's their football IQ, their football intellect, how much they are passionate about their the game and, 
how much they take their craft seriously. So I'm always catering questions around those type things because everything that's done, let's say, in shorts and, you know, shirts and on the bench press is, is n- not necessarily football related, but I would be lying if I didn't look forward to the, if I said I didn't look forward to the 40 yard dash because we all want to know, you know, who's faster than who. You know, that's just innate. So seeing those guys get out there and run uh, is cool, but I don't put much stock into what you're seeing on the field uh, in Indy. What are your thoughts on, on, at least early on, on the quarterback class coming up? Like how, how high are you on these guys or how low are you on these guys? Well, there's three guys that I would take in the first round, and that's Anthony Richardson, uh, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. I think all three guys are, are capable of being what, what franchises want. They can be that that guy that enhances a roster, you know, some different than others. You know, Bryce Young probably is a little bit more ready to play uh, right now. He's more of that dynamic athlete. You know, you talk about someone like C.J. Stroud, more of your classic pocket passer with some athleticism. And Richardson is your bona fide plus one in the run game that enhances an offense and makes you tougher to defend and makes it an 11-11 game. But he also still has the upside to continue to get better Moving forward, so I think those three guys are your 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 bona fide first round picks in my eyes. Everyone else, you know, chips with the fall where they may. But I do feel like this is a draft class where, if you're looking for a QB two, and we've seen over what, the last five years how critical it is to have a a, a number two quarterback that can play because you're going to need him probably between two to four games a year. And I think this is a type of draft class where you can enhance that spot on your roster with guys that are young, inexpensive, and can definitely play some ball. We're talking right now with Emery Hunt, owner of the football game plan here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to the combine, yeah, I don't expect any of the top quarterback prospects to throw. But when it comes to what they measure at, do you think that that could be an issue for any of the players, more in particular Bryce Young, where if he comes in shorter or weighs a little bit less, do you think that that maybe can hurt him when it comes to being that number one pick? It shouldn't, because if we're talking, if we're saying he measures in that 5'11", 190, that should only surprise you and shock you because he played extremely well at 5'11", 190 in the toughest conference in, in college football and in some of the biggest games in college football. So you should be shocked that, dang, this guy was dominating at that size. That should even give you more credence to, okay, I feel comfortable taking him one, two, three, or four, or whatever, uh, because I've seen him play at this size, I've seen him dominate, and I've seen him do extremely well. And, and this, let's say for someone like Anthony Richardson, it's just shocking in the sense that, wow, there's someone that's 6'4", 230, and probably runs a 4'4", um, in the 40-yard dash. As someone that's that big, moving that fast, and is that explosive, that should surprise you. But it's, in terms of, you know, it should knock a guy, no, nah, not at all, because, again, size is not a skill, and if you're able to, to do it, you're, you're able to do it. And we've seen Bryce Young do it over the course of the three years at Alabama. DeMond mentioned guys not throwing at the combine. How much to you does that matter? I mean, we've seen everything that they can do on film. We've seen the games on Saturdays. So do them not throwing, or if they do go out there and throw, does that really make a difference to you? It doesn't. Just selfishly, I would like to see guys throw because I'm out there and I want to see something. <laughs> you know, it would be fun if people just all declined to do the, the workouts. You kind of want to see something while you're out there in Indy. Um, but, you know, as far as knocking them in terms of or using it against them, hey, he didn't throw at the combine, 
No, but that's why I kind of like when the small school guys go there and, and use that platform. You know what? I'm going to do everything because that gives them a chance to really elevate their profile. We saw this last year with Troy Anderson of Montana State who ended up getting drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. So the, the Power 5 guys, the major program guys, all want to run at their pro day, all want to throw at their pro day or their private throwing session. But, man, the selfish part of me wants everybody to you know, go out there and do the drills and compete because and we have more to talk about. And I want to go back to the Senior Bowl a little bit because one of the players that that excelled at the Senior Bowl, he won the Senior Bowl MVP, Jake Hayner. We're going to do a deeper dive into him later in the show, but I want to get your opinions because you were there in Mobile. You know, he didn't perform particularly well in the things that weren't football-like. You know, what I mean by that in terms of you know throwing one-on-ones, obviously he was overthrowing some passes or underthrowing some passes, didn't put him on the mark. Um, seven on seven, you know, it's still different because you don't really have pass rush. You're really not seeing the, the full scope of a defense. But I thought as the week went on and when he went in the team period, that's when he performed better because that's more game-like as opposed to, you know, throwing one-on-ones or throwing seven on seven. So for, for me, that tells me he's a gamer as opposed to someone that would look great in shorts and a T-shirt throwing versus air or routes versus air uh, that we'll see at the combine. But in terms of him playing the actual game, I think that's where he plays best, and that's where you get a good read on someone like a Jake Hayner. All right, and something else, I know that we're going all over the map, but the Raiders <laughs> have a lot of holes that they need to fill this offseason and hope, hopefully can do it in the draft. When it came to the offensive line, did you see anybody that stood out or a prospect that you're high on? Listen, I would say – the kid Blake Freeland out of BYU. I, I was impressed not only with just him and what he did in the Senior Bowl, but all throughout the different All-Star games I was at. I was at seven of them this, this January. And to see every BYU prospect do exceptionally well. And so at the Senior Bowl, Freeland was just the last cog of a BYU uh, stellar All-Star circuit performance um, by that program. But he was someone that really stood out left tackle right tackle, wherever you want to put him. He is someone to me, and we know how this these O-line, D-line, one-on-one drills operate. They're heavily favoring the defensive side of the football, um, but the fact that he was able to hold his own consistently in one-on-ones, didn't get pushed back or walked back into the, to the quarterback, that's for volumes. And again, you know about the offense they come out of, so you know he's good in the run game, and we're seeing some of the products of that program, of that system, uh, you know, matriculate up toward the NFL game and play really well. And I think he's someone that not a lot of people are talking about. Talking right now with Emory Hunt here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What about cornerback Darius Rush from South Carolina? Uh, he's a guy that, that's created a bunch of turnovers in his career. What, what have you thought about him? So he was excellent. He probably had the best week out of all players at the Senior Bowl. And, and again, wide receiver, defensive back, one-on-one are heavily favoring the offense because this is where you see all these 5'8", 195 receivers do these mad bohemian routes with like seven to eight cuts, and everybody goes oohs and ahs. And, and, you know, we know that's not realistic, right? We know there's a safety that's going to be there. We know there's a linebacker that's going to be there. Of course you're going to run toward open field. But someone like Rush, while those receivers are doing all those moves, he was running the routes for the receivers, and he was making interceptions in one-on-ones. That's extremely hard to do. And in the game, he had an exceptional uh, performance as well. So when you think about the prospect that South Carolina has on the other side of the field in the secondary, I think Rush made himself a ton of money 
and will force people to go back to the tape and look at that his performance in South Carolina at South Carolina under different scope and think like, man, what we saw at the Senior Bowl in an unfamiliar, stressful environment, we played the best and most consistent day in, day out, rep in, rep out. This wasn't a one-off performance on on a Monday. He was out there performing like that all throughout the week and also into the game. So to me, he is the one that made himself a lot of money. And because of that, and in conjunction with what we're probably going to see out there in Indy, it wouldn't surprise me to see him back door his way into round one. Mm. Something uh, I want to ask you about, we got a text on our Don't Be Broke text line from Mailman Raider. Can you ask where he would have Hooker if he was at 100%? Ooh, good one. Uh, that's a great question because actually Hooker is my number six quarterback right behind Jaron Hall at number five. And the reason why I have him at five and, and, and him at six, both guys are about 25 years old. And both guys have injury concerns. You know, Hall with concussions, and we saw Hendon Hooker with the knee. Had he not had the knee injury, probably he would be five. Maybe he would be four. Right now at four, I got Ty Santeo out of James Madison at four. So maybe I would probably put him in there, but mainly because of what he has done on the field. I stand on this film and what he has done, you know, all throughout his career, even going back to Virginia Tech. I think I have him slotted, slotted right where the grade suggests, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, him and Darren Hall, if they were 21, 22, we're probably talking about these guys as, you know, uh, first-round picks. But the fact that they're older prospects, you look at this in terms of, okay, maybe these guys are maxed and what we see is what we're going to get. And that's why you kind of have them spotted that way as well. We got another text from our text line. Can we ask him about Will McDonald at Iowa State? Yeah, they're really good senior bowl. You know, someone that has, you know, the, the pass rush chops. Uh, you see a, a wide array of moves. And, again, another program that has quietly produced some solid defensive linemen uh, in, under Matt Campbell. Some guys are playing in the AFL. Some guys are playing in the XFL and, and also in the USFL, but they're still playing pro ball and playing it really well. And he was someone that stood out definitely, one of the top-tier pass rushers in his, in his draft class. Emery Hunt is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Emery, I wanted to ask you, what are, your, what are you looking for in traits when it comes to a quarterback in, in, in today's NFL? Toughness, mental toughness. Can you handle pressure? If you can't handle pressure, and that's pressure from the opposing defense, that's pressure of the situation. If you can't handle pressure, then you're not going to succeed. And so it doesn't, I don't care how tall you are, how far you can throw, how fast you can run, how you handle pressure. That's the most important trait when trying to break down the city of quarterbacks. And if you look at some of the best in the game, it's how well they are able to function in pressure situations. And so, to me, that's the one biggest thing. Some people call it the it factor. Some people struggle to find the it. But the it really jumps out at you when you watch the film and watch these guys play. And it opens the door for a wide array of type of talent that you can find at the position. I enjoyed what we're seeing now in terms of the quarterback position, because we're seeing a lot more unconventional guys uh, have success because they have that one key trait of not being afraid of pressure, and that's the type of quarterback I want 10 times out of 10. I love it. I love that breakdown right there. Looking for the guy with the it factor. That's that is a perfect way to summarize it. You know, one of the things every we've been talking about quite a bit is guys that are able to create with their legs, not necessarily a runner, you know, by trait like a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields, but still know when all of a sudden it gets a little sticky, they're able to create as well with their legs. How important is that in this day and age of the NFL? Highly critical. 
because back when you had slower defensive ends, you can have those guys back there in the pocket for five to six seconds. Now with you know defensive ends nowadays looking like what used to be linebackers and linebackers looking like what used to be strong safeties, the entire defense side of the field has gotten faster. So you have to adjust. You need guys back there that can move. And that's a critical trait. You can, it's a bonus to have a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields, but you also need someone like a Joe Burrow who can also move. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have to have the extreme elite athlete that's running, but you can't have someone you know, like Drew Bledsoe back there in the pocket. You have to have Joe Burrow would be, you know, uh, or young Aaron Rodgers in terms of mobility would be the, the low end of the athleticism scale, if you know what I mean. So you need someone that can move like Burrow or move like Jackson. And, and, until, and if you don't have that, then you're always going to be at a disadvantage on game day. I love it. I love it. Great breakdowns right there. Emery Hunt, owner of Football Game Plan, also CBS Sports HQ. You can find them. What do you got coming out that, we, uh, that you're working on that we should be on the lookout for? Well, guys can pre-order my 2023 draft guide. Last year we had over 1,000 individual scouting reports. It was the largest draft guide in draft guide history, and we're working on it right now as we speak. And so we're looking at maybe a late March, mid okay. to late March piece. Uh, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. It may not be over a 1,000 like last year because last year was the largest class we've seen in draft history because a lot of guys went back to school. So this one will probably be around 800, which is fine, uh, which is still going to be the largest <laughs> draft guide out there with individual scouting reports. And, again, pre-order it, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. It helps carry you not only through the draft but also through training camp, preseason, and the regular season, because we know the back end of the roster is always transient in the NFL. You're going to say, who this guy is we just signed? Especially we'll have a scouting report on him. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. That's right, right? Yep. And if you want the 2022 guys, you just footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. We go all the way back to 2020 in terms of these draft guys. Fantastic stuff. Well, I'll make sure to get my pre-order in immediately. I love this kind of stuff, and the breakdowns that you gave us the last 15 or so odd minutes has been fantastic. Emery, thanks so much for your time, my man. We'll be talking soon. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he goes. That's great breakdowns right there. (laughs) Great breakdowns, man. Emery Hunt, owner of Football Game Plan. Also, CBS Sports HQ. You can find him on there. But footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Definitely suggest picking it up. Over 1,000 guys profiled last year. Over 800 this year. Yeah, I'm good with that. 318 is the time. Hit us up. If you could add two veterans to the Raiders roster from outside of the building, either by way of free agency or by trade, who would it be and why? And if you want to give us a little bit of feedback on what you heard from Emery, you can do that as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Fantastic stuff. Emery Hunt, owner of Football Game Plan. He's also on CBS Sports HQ. He just joined us for the last, I don't know, 15 or so minutes. Really good stuff, deep diving into the NFL draft. And, of course, we're going to do that throughout the course of, well, the whole offseason, right, leading up to the draft at the end of April in Kansas City. And it sounds like it's far away, but it's not. <laughs> you know, it's already mid-February. February's almost over, actually. <laughs> so, you know, by the time February's over, boom, you'll be in March. We'll be talking about free agency. Be at the Combine. I'm expecting Raider Nation Radio 920 to be at the Combine at the end of uh, February and the first week in March. I'm expecting that to happen. Haven't heard back from the NFL yet as far as credentials, but I'm expecting to be there. Vinny Bonsignor will be there. 
So we should be able to provide a lot of good stuff. We'll have an opportunity to talk to GM Dave Ziegler there. We'll have an opportunity to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels there. I mean, there's a lot to, to really take in to uh, the, at the Combine in Indy. And I wish they'd hurry up and let us know about our credentials because I know the hotel rooms ain't going to get no cheaper. <laughs> so we got to hurry up and make that happen. But excited about that opportunity. And this is a really different offseason for the Raiders. Again, I mean, I've been a Raider fan my whole life. But as a guy covering the team professionally, whether it's on podcasts or radio or both, this is the first time I've ever covered the team and they didn't have a quarterback set in place. When I started sports radio back in 2012, the Raiders didn't have a quarterback, and then that, that uh, hole was filled in 2014 when Derek Carr arrived. And that's all I know, <laughs> right, as far as, as, far as the, the, the quarterback position goes professionally. Now, again, as a fan, I've been through the whole carousel. I can, you know, we can go on and on and on about that. But having this, this scenario, there's two different parts of, I guess, covering a team that are always so intriguing. One, when you cover a team that's going through a coaching hire. That could be collegiately or professionally. And when I was in Central Texas and Baylor was going through everything they went from, from Art Bryles to the big scandal that they had, all of a sudden we're like, all right, well, who's the next guy? And so there's all speculation and it's all hands on deck and you're waiting to find out and your source says this, source says that, and then all of a sudden Jim Grobe pops up. It's like, Jim Grobe, what the hell? And then all of a sudden you realize that that's just, you know, that's just a middleman. Then all of a sudden Matt Rule pops up and I didn't have, I didn't know Matt Rule from anybody, right? I'd never even heard of the guy. Who the hell's Matt Rule? Then I do some research and then boom, three years later, you know, Matt Rule's on his way to the NFL and, you know, and then they, they have uh, Dave Aranda and that's who's there right now. And it's like, that was a hell of a ride going through those different coaches searches and of course with the Raiders they've gone through coaches searches right I mean you go from Del Rio firing himself at the end of 17 John Gruden returning for the second time getting the 10-year deal we know how that shook out then Rich Bisaccia and then after Rich Bisaccia it's like all right who's the next guy and then you go through that coaching search and then it's Josh McDaniels. And then Dave Ziegler is the GM. And Champ Kelly is assistant GM. It's okay. Now you got that in place. And then all of a sudden, a big domino drops because now you don't have a quarterback. Right? So it's just, it, it's one thing I can tell you is there's never an offseason in sports. Regardless if there's games being played or not, there is no offseason in sports. There's always something going on, which is what gets me excited, what fires me up. Because this is just, you know, it just kind of makes it more fun with what we do. So now the quarterback search is on, and it's going to be one of those things that it's going to be talked about a lot until we actually get the, you know, figure out uh, who is going to be short-term and even in the long-term. Uh, we got a text from uh, Geese Mode on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r The more I hear about the Bryce, Bryce Young and him being undersized, the more I'm asking, is this guy the next Drew Brees or Russell Wilson or Doug Flutie in their prime? That's Geese Mode. And you know, that's a good question. I like Bryce Young a lot. I really do. I like him as a quarterback. Uh, I've, I've made no bones about it. I'm a big Alabama football fan <laughs> for many different reasons, but they're just that damn good, and Bryce Young is that damn good. Uh, his size does concern me, but at the same time, man, if the dude could play, which we know that he can, and he could protect himself, man, I mean, he could end up being a really good player. I'm not saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's always looking for the next whatever, right? I'm not saying he's the next Patrick Mahomes, but I think that his ability to lead, his ability to, to throw the tough ball is, is great, right? It's just 
Where is he going to be selected? I think he's going to get selected. He'll be the first quarterback taken off the board in April. That's my opinion. So you just don't know what's going to happen with him. And we've talked about it before, DeMond, that we don't know about the, the draft class in general about this, these quarterbacks. We talked to Emory, and he had three guys, right? He didn't even talk about Will Levis, right? He brought, he brought up Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. Those are the three guys that he was looking at. Will Levis never even came into the conversation. And it, I don't know if that should surprise me or it shouldn't because obviously we can go off everybody's mock drafts that we've seen. But me and you, I feel like we're not that high on Will Levis. So for no. someone to back that up where he's got the guide of a thousand prospects, you know, he's been to seven of the um, senior bowl type, like, you know, the bowl yeah. circuit where he knows what he's talking about. And even he doesn't think that highly of him. It goes to show you that. No one knows for sure where these quarterbacks are going to rank out. That's always the one position yep. where I mentioned him yesterday, Malik Willis. I thought he was a guaranteed first-round pick, and look what happened. Right, right. I thought that that was going to be uh, a tough decision for the Raiders when all of a sudden they were coming up to pick, and Malik Willis was still on the board, and I was like, whoa. I remember being at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. We're all looking around uh, in the media room. We're like, whoa, whoa. Could the Raiders make a move and go in and draft Malik Willis and have him sit behind Carr? And, uh, obviously, the Tennessee Titans, they, uh, they, they made the move for him, but uh, di- I, I did wonder. I did wonder what the Raiders were going to do in that position. Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Talking about two players that he'd bring from outside of the building. Who would it be, either by way of free agency or by way of trade? He said Lester Hayes and Michael Haynes. Only kidding. Calais Campbell and Deron Payne. Since you said Payne, I'll add OBJ on a cheap prove-it deal. How old is Ramsey and how much money? Thank you, Q&D. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, yeah, man, if you could bring back uh, Lester Hayes and Michael Haynes and have them be those uh, DBs again, that'd be great. Calais Campbell, I like him a lot. Now, he's older, but I do like him a lot. Um, And he would be a really good player for, you know, a one-year deal. He's also a hell of a leader. He's 36 years old. But still, he's a monster. He's 36, so there's that. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he's actually only, let me tell you right now, I'm sorry. Uh, He is 28 years old. So, I mean, he's not a guy that's a super young dude, obviously. But he's still got, I believe he's still got some good years left in him. And multiple people, since we've talked about Jalen Ramsey, have hit me with the the um, the tweets and the, the, the nuggets, the little notes that he could be potentially released. Uh, again, that's from uh, Bleacher Report Gridiron. It keeps They put out the tweet, if Jalen Ramsey gets cut, where could you see him landing? And that'd be interesting if he gets cut because that would mean that you know whoever signs him, they could negotiate their own deal for him. They don't have to worry about his salary that he's making currently with the Rams. Uh, I would be in on Jalen Ramsey, at least for the short term. I'm not saying he's a big-time long-term solution, but again, if you're trying to win right now, you know that that defense has to be better. It doesn't have to be lights out. It doesn't have to be the historically best defense ever in the history of the NFL. I'm not saying that, but it does have to be better than what it is. Uh, At the end of the day, we know that the offense is going to have to put up points. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl with two teams that had pretty good defenses. They gave up 38 and 35 points, respectfully. (laughs) Right? So that was a very high-scoring game for both teams. Remember how many people were betting the under? Oh, it's not going to go over 50. It's not going to go over 50. Hell, it went way over 50. It blew blew the, uh, the total way out the box. So... You know, there, there's going to be points scored, especially when you're looking at a at a division with, when, when you got the Kansas City Chiefs in the division and you know that they're going to score. You know, it's one thing you're not going to shut out Patrick Mahomes and that, that offense. They're going to find a way to get it done. So I think that Jalen Ramsey would be a good addition. I mentioned Jalen Ramsey and Deron Payne as the two guys that I'd bring in. And maybe you don't have to trade for uh, Jalen Ramsey. That'd be awesome. 
So there you go. We'd love to hear from you, though. 702-365-9200. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. If you could add two veterans to the Raiders roster from outside the building by way of free agency or by way of trade, who would it be and why? Let us know about it. Coming up next, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. We'll talk a little bit under the radar, guys, as far as the draft goes. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Guy hit up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R from the 707. Rumors are Pittsburgh is in talks to trade for Jalen Ramsey. So that's very interesting. I'm going to have to reach out to a couple people that cover the Rams and uh, get a little bit of intel, insight on what's going on with Jalen Ramsey and the rest of the team. You know, if there's going to be some trades that are going to happen, if there's going to be some releases that are going to happen, we'll do that. We'll make sure to make that a priority. But thank you so much for that text. We do appreciate you joining us now on the phone lines from Pro Football Focus is our good friend Mike Renner. You can find him on Twitter at PFF Mike. And I definitely appreciate your time as always, Mike. And I saw the piece that you put out yesterday on Pro Football Focus about guys headed into the 2023 NFL draft that are sleepers flying under the radar. And uh, before we even get into any of the guys and any of the talent, you know, when you're putting this together, uh, what is the criteria that goes into under-the-radar guys for you or, or sleepers? Yeah, uh, obviously some people are going to police and call sleepers differently. But I think some of the biggest reasons could be either you know small school. Uh, that's easily the biggest one. The guy just doesn't get much national pub. Uh, a guy maybe overshadowed by a teammate. Uh, or a guy who's like switching positions. Uh, maybe he's at one now projects better in the NFL to a different one. And just like, you know, the general public hasn't necessarily caught on that. He might be, uh, a dude, shall we say, at that new position. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's a lot of guys in this article that you put out that, that really caught my attention, including defensive tackle Broderick Martin from Western Kentucky, and as you put it, a discount store version of Jordan Davis. Uh, what, what are some big-time qualities in Broderick Martin, and, and what are your kind of projections for him on the next level? Yes, the frame is something you can't teach, right? You can't teach a guy to be, you know, 34 and 3 inch arms, over 7-foot wingspan at 337 pounds. That's just how... You know, a lot of the best nose tackles in the NFL have been built over the past decade, whether it is a Jordan Davis, whether it is a guy like Damon Harrison or Linval Joseph. They're just massive human beings that couldn't have been, you know, 250 if they tried. They were just built to be 337. And so, you know, on tape at Western Kentucky, uh, obviously it's not going up against, you know, the best competition in the FBS, but. Man, one-on-one, dude was unblockable. He just can hold blocks so easily at that size. It's just difficult to move. So, obviously, I think at the NFL level, you'll probably get some better coaching, get a little bit better technique, get a little more refined. And, you know, probably not going to go in the first round, second round. Might slip into the third round. But that's the kind of guy I'm willing to bet on, uh, you know, especially at the defense tackle position where a lot of the best guys uh, aren't necessarily – Harold did coming out of school. Some of the guys I mentioned, there were mid-round picks that ended up developing. Yeah, I mean, that's good value as well, you know, and, and of course, in the NFL, you want to have guys that can get after the quarterback from all angles, the edge and the interior. So what is he better at? Is he a better run stuffer or pass rusher? Oh, I think he's definitely a better run stuffer at this point. Uh, kind of like Jordan Davis was coming out where it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe he can bull rush some centers. You know, maybe he can get a little pocket push. He's not just a pure run defender only. But come third down, he's off the field, right? He's that guy that first two downs is where he's going to make his money. 
It sounds like he could be a guy that could be a part of a, a rotation, a healthy rotation there. Uh, and I like it. I like the size as well. Uh, talking about Broderick Martin from Western Kentucky. Again, we're talking to Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus here on Red Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Another guy defensively that stood out to me was Fajoko. Uh, Viliami Fajoko, I believe I'm saying his name right, out of San Jose State. Uh, he just looks like he's a dude. And, and what I mean is just a guy that you don't want to be trying to block him. <laughs> what can you tell us about Fajoko? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, he's just powerful. And now it's easy to look a little powerful against his level of competition, but when right. he does it every single week to every guy that's blocking him, he kind of starts to buy in. So I, you know, I wish we could have gotten to see him at, uh, you know, more during the all-star circuit, but I, I do think he's going to put on a show come combine pro day because uh, he is just strong as an ox. That's the kind of guy it reminds me a lot of like a Zedarius Smith where mm-hmm. just anything he hits you with, you feel it a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think he's the guy who, you know, not going to test out the gym athletically in terms of just pure explosiveness, those type of testing numbers, but put him on a football field and he's difficult to block. You know, and I mentioned being part of a rotation when it came to Broderick Martin. I feel like Fajoko's a guy that maybe just come in on third down and pin his ears back and say, go, go get the quarterback. Like, I feel like that there's a big role for him, even though he didn't go up against the best competition in college. Yeah, I, I think he can, you know, there's a lot of lot to work with there. And when he is in that role, like if he's stunting, you know, you know, being that first guy to really attack a guard and whatnot, uh, he could be a problem. Yeah, he just looks like one of those guys that has bad intentions. As I'm watching this film, he just looks like he's going to arrive at the quarterback with bad intentions. Mike Renner is our guest right now from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Mike on Twitter. We're talking about guys that maybe slept on, guys flying under the radar. How about cornerback Darius Rush? out of South Carolina. What are your thoughts on Darius? Yeah, he's one of those guys who he's probably overshadowed because Cam Smith is a possible first-rounder, his cornerback teammate, and, you know, getting a lot of the accolades. And so you don't really hear about that second corner on a team, similar to maybe like a Kyler Gordon last year coming out of Washington. But Rush's, you know, compared to Smith, he's the longer, you know, better frame of the two when projecting the NFL at the cornerback position and the faster. Of the two. I mean, he's a high-end athlete in his own right. I believe he had the fastest GPS at the Senior Bowl. So he could really fly and just got burned a little too much on tape, like a little too risky sometimes. A little, it took a too, too many chances. And that's why he gave up probably, you know, a lot more yards than his teammate did. But he's also a playmaker. You know, he also got his hands on a ton of footballs. He picked off multiple passes in the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl, which is just something you never really see. And basically a a pretty strong signal of a guy who has ball skills that can attack the football because getting picks and man coverage is difficult. And the guys that do are a rarity. So I I think he could be a guy that could play even better ball at the NFL level. They did the collegiate level, similar to maybe like a Tariq Woolen last year coming out where it's like, man, his best football could be ahead of him because of how, freakishly talented he is athletically. Do you think he's a guy that, you know, maybe at the NFL level wouldn't take as many chances, or is that just kind of who he is? And he's, you know, he's going he's gonna to get burned sometimes, but he's going to make plays at times. Oh, it's tough to coach that out of guys, right? right. I, I, don't, I think sometimes that's just a who he is. Um, but in the NFL today, I think playmaking ability is at a premium because of how much defenses are on their heels. Um, so I, th- I think you can, the more ball he plays, the more reps he gets, he'll learn to take better chances similar to, you know, what we've seen from Trayvon Diggs, right? Yeah. Beginning of Trayvon Diggs career, it was like up and down and up and down. And then this past year, you know, that kind of went away. He turned into more of a steady guy. So I think, 
that ultimately will get does get coached out of guys to a degree. You know, the Raiders have plenty of representation at the Senior Bowl, right? Patrick Graham was the head coach of one of the teams, and they had multiple staff members there. How valuable was that to be able to get inside the mind of a Darius Rush and multiple players that are there at the Senior Bowl? I think it helps a lot, and it really does. Just that interaction you get about coachability, if you are down there with guys on your staff, because that's what has to happen at the NFL level, right? There's so few guys come into the league and are just good from day one and are ready to play and don't have to get considerably better, don't have to be considerably more consistent. And so if you go down there and you get you know to interact with a guy like Darius Rush and see how he put coaching into practice so quickly that week on the football field, you feel a lot better. You know, you feel right. a lot better about bringing that guy in than if you don't really know who he is. You know, we'll close out with this uh, guy that I got to see a little bit. Uh, he was at the Shrine Bowl, Starling Thomas out of UAB. Uh, he's not the biggest dude, but he could play, right? I mean, five foot ten. Uh, he's got a he's got a nice little ability to him. Uh, what are you seeing from Starling? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his game. He's got. Very good makeup speed. I, I really like corners that are stoutly built, right? And so he's 5'10", but he's got a 6'3 wingspan. And that's far more impactful, in my opinion, to a cornerback's projection than his pure height. There's so few times where you need to be going up and getting the ball at its highest point. Most of it is getting around wide receivers, being able to affect them at the line of scrimmage. So that wingspan number is far more important. So 6'3 is a good number. You know, that's, that's about your average to slightly above average for an NFL corner. So that's the realm or the range you want to be in. So I'm not worried about the height, but I really like guys who are well-built. So 193, 195 pounds in that range. It's like a guy that's not going to get moved off his spot. So when you're in man coverage, when you're hit to hip with a wide receiver, he can press them to the sidelines instead of vice versa because he has that low center of gravity and has muscle throughout his frame. So I think you saw that on his tape at UAB why he only allowed something like 230 yards all last season, mm. despite getting targeted a bunch, I think over 50 times on tape. So yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of Thomas's game. I, I think he's, as, I've, as I obviously wrote the article, I think he's getting slept on a little bit. You know, and the thing about it is these guys that we're talking about, I feel like they're all like late day two guys, early day three guys. And so there could be, again, going back to the value word, feels like there could be a lot of value in these guys, especially if they can hit and be contributors or even better, like a Tariq Woolen, like you mentioned, end up being a starter and a big time player. Yeah, I think that's the range of all these guys, right? It's like maybe they slip into day two, maybe they're off the board early in day three, but it's guys that if you secure in that range, I mean, like Woolen was last year. Right. He was, Woolen was like 81st on the PFF draft board and falls all the way to the fifth. Those are, there's some guys in that range where it's just you feel really good if they fall to you. There's other guys in that range where you draft them and you're like, oh, man, what did we just do? I don't think any of these guys are going to fall in that category. I'll tell you what, Seattle's happy with Tariq Woolen. They're really happy with that fifth-round pick out of uh, UTSA and the production that he was able to do his rookie year. Well, fantastic stuff, Mike, as always. What do you got coming out on Pro Football Focus that we should be on the lookout for? Just go check out the draft guide. It just dropped this week, 100 players. It's going to get up to 150 after the combine, and then – I believe 300 by the end, maybe only 250. We'll see how much time I got. It's going to depend on that, but – Go check it out. First 100 players are on that right now. Is there anyone you're excited about seeing at the Combine? Like anyone that you're just focused in on and just kind of want to see how they test? Yeah, I really want to see uh, the first name which popped into my mind was Kalaj Kansi, mm. the Pitt DT. Mm -hmm. Just for everything, honestly, what his height is because he's listed at six foot, but is he actually six foot? What his weight is because he's listed at 280. But six foot 280 is usually... You know, that's that's a fullback in the NFL. There's no real position where six foot two eighty makes a ton of sense. That's really small for a DT, but then he's, you know, a heck of an athlete on tape. So is he 
heck of an athlete when he goes and tests the combine. We'll see. I think he will be, but excited to watch either way. Yeah, that's going to be a good one to focus in on. I'm hoping to be out there at the Combine and have the radio station out there as well. Well, Mike, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Always appreciate when I catch up with you. And again, man, your uh, your piece that you put out on PFF was really good. So I appreciate you uh, breaking it down with us this afternoon. No, thanks for having me, Akio. There he goes. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, good friend of the show. Definitely appreciate him. And I forgot to pass on a message I was supposed to pass on from Eddie Pascal. Actually, Eddie, uh, over with the Raiders, you can check out Raiders.com, actually did uh, a nice little quarterback piece with Mike from Pro Football Focus. So, uh, yeah, the Raiders just tweeted out that uh, talking quarterbacks, Mike Renner breaks down the top prospects in the 2023 NFL draft on Upon Further Review. So, Upon Further Review, which you can hear right here on Radio Nation Radio 920, we'll have more Mike Renner. For Pro Football Focus and Eddie Pascal talking all things quarterbacks. And it's funny, uh, I tweeted at Eddie when I saw that. And I said, hey, Mike's on with us right now. And he said, hey, tell him I said, what's up? And DeMond, just that quickly, (laughs) I forgot to tell him what's up. So I get involved and I start rolling and we start talking ball and I completely forget what I was supposed to say. So, Mike, (laughs) Mike, Eddie said, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, good one, Q. Good one. Anyway, we always appreciate Mike Renner for Pro Football Focus again on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. To make up for that, why don't I go ahead and give something out? I know it's not going to do anything for Eddie, but why don't I go ahead and give something out? Anyway, how about I look for call number nine? You want two tickets to the Mountain West Conference hoop game. The tournament's coming up. Uh, we got you. Plus, we're going to get you in to win two VIP all-session tickets that comes with food, drinks, parking. It's all worth $1,500. The tournament's March 5th through 11th at the Thomas & Mack. We're going to get you a pair of tickets, and that's going to get you in to win the big-time package, the VIP all-session tickets. All you got to do is be calling number 9 right now at 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Mike Renner for Pro Football Focus. Join us in the last segment. Talk all things under the radar, guys. Going to be up in the 2023 NFL Draft. Also want to give a big shout-out to my guy, Steven. Big winner of the tickets to the Mountain West Conference Tournament game. Also in to win the big VIP package. that's worth over $1,500. So shout-out to my man, Steven. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, we got coming up at 4 o'clock, we got the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs. That's Paul Leffler. We'll do a deep dive into Jake Hayner quarterback there from uh, from Fresno State and the, also the MVP of the, of the Senior Bowl. You know, see what uh, see what he's talking about, uh, about what he could possibly do on the next level. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. But we definitely want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. We've been having a lot of fun on today's show as far as I'm concerned. Talk about adding two veterans to the Raiders roster from outside of the building, either by way of free agency or by way of trade. Who would it be and why? Or you can hit us up and talk about any other subject that we've talked about or whatever's on your mind. We also love to hear from you, like I said, on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, and the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Seeing more and more scuttlebutt about Jalen Ramsey and the potential of him being cut or traded. So I've reached out to a couple people that cover the Rams like gloves, and we'll see if we can get them on tomorrow's show, see if we could talk about you know, about these guys or anybody on the Rams really moving forward. So we'll, we'll do that on tomorrow's show. Just let you know that we're on the job. <laughs> we are on the job trying to make it happen. Uh, would love to hear from you, though. You can hit us up. <laughs> we did get help from someone in the 707Q. Did any of you happen to eat a dollar uh, store steak in the car? 
I heard it's the same as jerky. That's going back to the conversation that we had at the, the beginning of the show about our trip to Arizona and the fact that I didn't let anybody eat in the car. No, no, no dollar steaks. And I'll say this. DeMond sure didn't try to buy no dollar steak while we were in Phoenix either. Let me tell you. DeMond did not say, oh, Q, hey, you know what? Instead of going to the Arrogant Butcher or this other place, let's just go to the dollar store. Let's just go ahead and get a dollar steak, and I'll go to the house and cook it. I mentioned Taco Bell a couple of times, and Q looked at me like I was crazy, y'all. Okay? I, I did. But there was a Taco Bell cantina that was in the downtown Phoenix area, and Q scoffed at it, okay? I did. So it's not a dollar steak, but, I, you know, I love a good cheap eat. And Q, <laughs> and Q said, a no cheap way. eat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I just, I, there was no way. And the thing about it is, and this is what made it even worse, because I did want to have something good. Look, we worked our asses off. Like, I just want to be as blunt about it as possible. Like, you have no idea. DeMond had no idea what to expect, and now he knows what I mean when I say that Radio Row is a grind. It is not easy. It is not just doing a three-hour radio show. The, the actual three-hour radio show is the easy part of the day. <laughs> it's everything else, getting to the convention center, getting all the, the guests, getting told no a thousand times, mm-hmm. and getting told yes like ten, <laughs> right? I mean, it's all that. And then, oh, by the way, sitting down and coordinating, oh, who's going to do this interview? What's, who's doing this interview? I don't know how many times we looked around. I was like, okay, well, who's doing this one? we got three different guests at the, at the table right now. Who's knocking this out? Oh, Cofield's got this one. Oh, Adam Hill's got this one. Oh, Deron, uh, Deron's got this one. Oh, Q's got this one. I mean, like. It's just, it is such a grind. Oh, hey, uh, just do a two-minute video with this person. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy. Everything that you have to go through, and it's not, it's not like it's physically tasking. It's just mentally exhausting. No, my feet were hurting. Let's not make mistakes about it Well that's because Didn't you wear like cowboy boots one day or something My feet felt better in the cowboy boots Than they did the Nikes Because just walking around the convention center Just pacing, pacing, pacing Man, yeah, It 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 was was a lot of walking too It was, it was So long story short After all that you just want to sit down and have a really good meal and kind of treat yourself. So I'm thinking, all right, there's all these different restaurants that were within walking distance of the convention center. Let's go eat. We'll have a good meal. We'll refuel. We'll get back to the house, and we'll do some more work and get ready for the next day. And every stinking time we tried to do that, we go somewhere, and it was just like, eh, okay. But I will say the place that we went with Amber Theo Harris, that was really good. It was a long walk. <laughs> it took us a while to get there. It was a long walk. What was it, about seven and a half blocks? Yes, it was. It took us about, it felt like 20 minutes, even longer when you factor in we didn't know where to go. Right. Yeah, Then we. it, it was like it was <laughs> hidden. It's like you had to find, and I don't even remember what the name of it is, but we had to find where it was. It was, it was bizarre. Like we're circling the block, and it's like you had to have a code word. I kept thinking that I was going to have to knock on a door or a back door or something uh, to find it. It was called the Rough Rider. Craft cocktails. So, yeah, it's called the Rough Rider. And it was good. But you literally had to go into this building, go to the middle elevator, go to the basement, come out, and it's like a speakeasy, an old school speakeasy. And, again, it was nice. The only problem with that place is it had a damn two-hour time limit. So when Adam Hill shows up to come sit down and eat with us, they tell him, hey, man, you guys know you only got 30 minutes left before you got to go. And we're like, wait, what? Wait, hold on, what? 30 minutes left? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, it's a two-hour time limit. You didn't know that? So I'm not, I don't get down like that. Now, if you're just sitting around and you're BSing and you're taking up space, fine. Look, you got to go, right? We got, got customers waiting to get this table. But if you're sitting there eating and you're ordering drinks and you're ordering food and they're making money, why should they run you off? 
And so Amber wasn't too fired up about that. I wasn't very fired up about that. We ate. We hurried up and got the hell up out of there. But we waited. Wait, didn't we wait every minute? We waited every minute out and then some. Yeah, and let's say at the time was 7.15. It was 7.14, and we were all like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. What are they going to do, make us leave? <laughs> so, you know, we had to be those kids. All right, I'll stay until 7.17 since they say we got to leave by 7.15. So I think that, uh, that we stole a couple minutes from them. So I think that when we were supposed to get out of there at 15 after, we actually got out of there at 17 after. But that's just, that's just dumb, and I get it, man. I get it. Sometimes, you know, you get really busy, and you've got to cycle people in and cycle people out. But if you're actively – eating and drinking and, you know, spending money there, I don't think they should be able to kick you out. But uh, they told us that we had a two-hour time that we had to go. So there's that. And if you see Adam Hill post me drinking a beverage from that place, it's not real. Oh, yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> we'll talk about that at some point. We'll have to get Adam Hill on the show. Damon is the king of the fruitiest-looking drinks ever. And he even he took a sip of this drink, and he looked at Amber while she had her camera rolling and said, bad bees only. And he was, I mean, he was dead-ass serious, too. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Absolutely 100% ridiculous. Shout out to my bad bees out there. <laughs> 3.58's a time. Paul Leffler, the voice of Fresno State. He'll join us next. We kick off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.